Episode 118th of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast at speedmetalcycling.com is the website, info at speedmetalcycling.com. You know, people send me emails and then I don't reply and then I feel bad about it and then I feel that I shouldn't say the email address, but then sometimes I get really good emails, so I don't know, keep them coming, but don't take offense if I don't get back to you, all right? So, all right, that's that. At the Skull Crusher on Instagram and at Speed Metal Cycle CYCL on Instagram. And today we have uh, my co-hosts from New York City, Mike Spriggs. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Worse than Klaus. And all the way from the other side of the country, my brother Klaus. Klaus, how are you doing? I'm doing better than Drake Dances. Better than Drake dances, which is not really difficult, actually. I woke up with a horrible, horrible headache. I had anal bleeding, and I was still doing better than Drake dances. Well, I just realized you always ask us how we're doing. We never ask you how you're doing. I Good usually, point. I, I usually let you guys know. Yeah, actually, you guys are so rude. You're always like, better than Mike, better than Klaus. You're never like, we're doing really well. How are you? Wait, wait, wait. We are not both rude. I'm not rude. Mike never realized this. I realized late, but I, at least I realized it. Mike is still just eating hummus right now. Uh, Mike is. A I'm, little... I'm ruder than class. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what are you eating? Yes. Hummus. For real? Hummus? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my god. It's in my do DNA. You, do you eat it with like Melba toast or like with, carrots? With pita bread. Of course. Melba toast. Mike, I don't is know. A, Mike is a Syrian refugee, didn't you know? <laughs> I saw that beard. <laughs> you saw the beard, right? You're, you're sad you missed the beard in Richmond. I, I have to say I am kind of sad I missed it. That's never coming back, right, Mike? It's been trimmed since then. It's, it's under control now. Oh, really? Like a, like, a good Syrian, like, a, like a good Syrian refugee, it's under yeah. control now. Because you're not a Syrian refugee. The, the, the beard was the Syrian refugee. <laughs> I um you needed to be tamed. I think in the last episode uh man buns came up. Didn't Did they? they? Because we were talking about beards and what? No, I remember we talk about man buns. Yeah, I remember um Emiliano from Man for Speed coming up to me going like Breaking news. Peter Sagan has a man bun. See cuz here's the thing I saw a man bun last weekend that was a man bun, but the guy also had a ponytail. For some reason, I thought we had talked about this, so I wanted to bring it up, but it doesn't make any sense, and I still brought it up. Never mind. But So Mike is eating hummus, but I'm not drinking beer today because I went to a party last night, and I came back. I came back home. 
later than Klaus has ever gone to bed. Put it that way. It was an exhaustion. That's not hard. Yeah, well, that you're actually right. But um, anyway, listen, though. I, I went to this party, and it was, I would say, 80% Venezuelan. No, maybe 60% Venezuelan, 20% Colombian, 19% other Latino and Spanish people, and one American. There was one. Let me guess. It was really loud, and one person was really scared. She, this poor girl, they were. This is in Pittsburgh? Yeah. It was funny. I'm I'm voting for Donald Trump. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank it's you, gone too far. It's out of control. <laughs> the fact that you heard about these things happening around your neighborhood by the home is one thing, but if they're happening in Pittsburgh, it's out of control. It's, it's, it is out of control. But anyway, so this poor girl. It, there was there was a um, she was sitting at a table where a bunch of people were playing poker, and she wasn't very good at poker. And trying to like understand what the other people are saying, you know, she doesn't know any Spanish. It was, it was nearly impossible. So I sat with her and like tried to help her a little bit. We, we made some money, but, uh, anyway, no, the, the point, the point was that, um, there was, there was a lot of Colombians there, like I said, and a lot of Venezuelans and stuff. And I was hanging out with a lot of people, all these people. I only knew one person. It was a, a, a girl's birthday and I knew her. I didn't know anybody else. And, um, something that I think Klaus has addressed in his in his blog before. You would think that because I'm Colombian and they're all Colombian that we would somehow get along, but it was exactly the opposite. I felt incredibly uncomfortable around them, and I realized this I have many other times that I'm too American for them because these are like all Colombians that just got here probably – I mean, I was talking to a lot of them. A lot of them go to the University of Pittsburgh. And, you know, so they've gotten here in the last maybe three, two, three years. So I've been here already 20 plus years. So as Colombian as I feel and as Colombian as I think I am, I meet real Colombians and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not Colombian at all. I felt completely out of place. I didn't really know the references that they were making and the music that they were talking about and... uh, it was really weird, yet... But was that also having to do with age? Like, if they are no, just getting their master's or something, they're probably, like, in their mid-20s. No, no, no. A lot of them were, like, PhDs. There was actually a pediatrician um, from Spain. You know? No, I mean, it was a good it was a good mixed-age kind of thing, something that would never happen in a white people party, put it that way, too. White people party, they just stay with their own age group. <laughs> the Latinos, we don't care. But anyway, it was, it was really interesting... And so I felt a little out of place. And then I thought, how sad is it that at this point in my life, I feel more comfortable in a party filled with Americans than I do in a party filled with people that are kind of like my people. It's really interesting. And I know that you've addressed this before in the podcast. I mean, the podcast, in your blog, Klaus. It's, it's, it was just, yeah, too American to be Colombian, too Colombian to be American. Personally, I feel Syrian. <laughs> I'm with Mike's people. Yeah. Yeah. Klaus feels Syrian because every time he, he, it, it rains outside, he grabs a cardboard box and sits outside. Outside of him, then he, he bangs on the door to let his wife, to let him in. And then his wife is like, I am hungry. You are not coming in. <laughs> I am Austria. Get out of here. <laughs> Mike's talking about your people. Sorry, but... 
Mike, did you feel represented that your people represented when Peter Sagan said something that maybe could have been misconstrued as him talking about the refugee crisis? <laughs> yeah, it's very deep. What was he talking about? Who cares? People think that's what he was talking about, but no one's sure. He might have just been talking about that he didn't want to go race in the desert. I think he may have been. <laughs> He's like, we can all come together to keep these races in Europe. <laughs> but little does he know that that's where all sports are going is the Middle East, the yes. World Cup. This is true. Pretty soon the Tour de France will happen in, in the Middle East. I mean, think about this. There's there's th two, two um, Formula One races in the Middle East. It's ridiculous. It's so weird. Like they, they're, they're threatening on getting rid of the Italian Grand Prix and the British Grand Prix. The British Grand Prix, the very first Grand Prix ever was in England. And they're, they're threatening to take it away and then they'll replace it with like one in the United Arab Emirates. Or, actually, never mind. They already have one in Abu Dhabi. If you were a billionaire and you lived in like Qatar and you built a replica of the Perry roubaix course and just had them come in and do it. They would do it. That's the thing. That's the sad thing. Oh, totally. No, They'd that's be not like, the sad Next thing. Next year, Perry Roubaix is moving. <laughs> that's the awesome thing. That's not sad. That's awesome. They do like a laser scan of the cobbles and rebuild them. Then. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Be a bunch of Syrians putting the cobbles together. That is true. And Guys with water hoses hosing down. Bringing in dirt so there could be mud instead of wet sand. Yeah, exactly. Wasting like tons and tons of water just to make it rain while the race is going on in the middle of the desert. Speaking of water, oh, the boy. reason why I said oh, I was worse than Klaus at the beginning is because I have no running water in my apartment. What? Wait, I thought you lived in a civilized big city. I do, but have you guys ever gone to your faucet and turned it on and had only air oh, come out? Yeah. Yeah. What, how recently? Oh, God. Uh, Not only air. I mean, that happened because I shut down my own water and I forgot <laughs> that I was working on the toilet downstairs. <laughs> and that used I, to happen in Colombia, like in the mid-80s. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I can't remember in recent memory. I mean, it's I guess they're before. working on a water main down the so road. So it, it happened to me this morning and I turn on the water to make coffee because that's the first thing I do. And, no, and air comes, literally air. It just yeah. farted on you. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is, because this hasn't happened to me in a long, 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 long time, is that, like, an episode of The Walking Dead goes through your head. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't have water, I can't do anything. <laughs> Should I leave the house? What's going on outside? Like, it just yeah, is the it, world ending. Is there rioting? Where's the other Syrian refugees? <laughs> <laughs> what if the whole world is upside down and cycling is just moving all to Qatar? I, I want to say before we move any farther that I, of course, I don't find the refugee crisis to be funny at all. It's just that we found out recently that Mike, is a Syrian who, he was living his life incognito as a white guy. I am a white guy. I'm still a white guy. It's in turns fact Syrian. out that he's not as white as we thought. And he's actually Syrian. And we came upon this, A, La through episode. the miraculous discovery that he's short even though like i said many times before he i thought he was tall and that he eats hummus like i drink water yeah and what you eat hummus like i drink water oh right yeah, yeah. Um, and i have a giant beard and you have yeah. a giant beard and you're a syrian refugee all right so let's talk about cycling for a little bit and then we can go back to talking about nonsense um we have the demise of team colombia that i want to discuss 
Uh, we have all the the silly, silly, silly season stuff going on. All the all the trades, and we can talk about the Tour de France route. Um, I think that's all the notes that I have, but I think that may give us plenty of fodder. Esteban Chavez won a race. Esteban Chavez won yeah. something in the Middle East, of course. Yeah, that ha that wasn't fully done, I think, when we last did a no, podcast, no, no. I don't think. We weren't. I it was in the process of being canceled because it was 150 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about first? Do you guys know, before we get involved in uh, transfers, do you guys know... Who who doesn't have a job for next year? Pretty much everyone in Team Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> Claudio Corti. Um, who doesn't have a job? I don't, a bunch of those Syrian refugees in Germany. <laughs> they still they still haven't found jobs yet. They just got there. But though, is there a place for. where? Like, uh, it's a legitimate question. Is there a place where I can find all like a list of everyone who who didn't get picked up? Um, not specifically. I'm, that I'm way, sure I you can. Think. I'm sure you can somehow. We should start that website. It. Yeah. You know those things where it's like someone would create a website like, is Facebook down? And you would just go to it yeah, and it would say no. Yes or no. You yeah. should have, is blank, does blank have a job next year? And you just type in. All the people that don't have jobs. Carlos Betancourt. Yes. yes. And it tells you what team he's on. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I like it. I'm going to write an applet for that. Don't steal that idea. An mm -hmm. applet? Yeah. Isn't that It's how an you, applet. An applet is like a little app. They're called apps now. Exactly. No, they're don't not called my, apps. Idea. They're they're called applets. People just call them apps. Mike, you can't. Uh, your say name is not Mike. Is when this is going to be published, and dozens of dozen of dozen people will listen to it. Everyone who's listening to this has signed an NDA by listening yes, to it. Of course, if you have agreed to, Mike, it's an applet called an app. Just like your name is not Mike, it's Mohammed. <laughs> Bancor, that's big news. That is big news. It is actually huge news that somebody would give this guy a second <laughs> chance. And I really, I know, I, and I truly mean this. I, I wonder who intervened in his in his behalf because Eusebio Unsue, uh, the 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 director sportif from from Movistar, is no dummy. Obviously, I mean, this guy's won the world whatever team thing that nobody cares about, like. Five years in the last five times in the last ten years or something ridiculous like that. This guy is basically behind the successes of people like uh, Alberto uh, uh, Alejandro Valverde and all the way back to like Miguel Indurain well, and those guys. That's not exactly a point of pride with Valverde, but yes. No, I, I think so. I, I mean, regardless of what Valverde may or may not have done once or twice in his career. Because <laughs> yeah, it makes sense that he's stronger now than he was back then. Yeah. Yes, it does. He's training harder. He has a new renewed motivation. Anyway. Uh, maybe it was his idea. Maybe he's like, I need another Colombian teammate to ride against. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I need yeah, more. Find me, the heaviest, I, find me the heaviest Colombian on earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know that anyone did so much vouching as I'm sure they got him for uh, a bargain. Well, they probably yeah, that's did. True. I mean, that's, that's exactly what happened. We, we can we can all agree that Carlos Betancourt. Uh, I don't know that is, but at the very least, we know he was and has the potential to be again um, an incredible talent. D definitely, very very strong when when he was 
let's say, in form and, and behaving, he he can be a, a great writer. And I think that Movistar is maybe exactly what he needs. He needs a team where his ears can be pulled a lot harder. I don't think that AG2R was very interested in being a babysitter, whereas I think that, that Movistar is a little bit more along those lines. Look, Having a couple of other Colombians in the team is not going to hurt. Neither is him being able to just communicate with people a lot easier in, in, in Spain. I, I, from what I understand, his problems are deeper. Yeah, and his problems is that he... leaving it at that because I, I can't and I would not like to repeat the things I've heard because I don't know them to be true. They're from people that have seen, seen things like, you know, themselves. So it's not like secondhand. But... I think he has a lot of stuff going on in his life and in his family life like yeah. that needs to be taken care of. No, no, no. First. One thing that needs to be taken care of is he needs to stop putting photos of his friggin' baby on Instagram. <laughs> Enough already. And I, yeah, the kid is cute, but let's just give me a break, all right? Jesus Christ. I'm about to unfollow this dude. Babies and dogs are cute, of course. And once in a while, let me see them. Yes, please. But Jesus, every single photo... Winnie the Pooh, chill with the baby pictures. Christ, that's a big problem. He needs to take care of that because Movistar is not going to put up with it. Well, I mean, I don't know that a team, Spanish-speaking or not, is going to be able to help him to that extent. If he's able to sort stuff out, it's because he's done it on his own and things have gotten better. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, maybe things have gotten better. show at two races toward the end of the season and no one even reported on it. At this point, it's not even it's not even a story. Yeah, I know. The, the only story is that somebody actually took the risk to actually give him a contract. We don't know how yeah, much they're again, paying I them. Think, you know, for what they're paying him, it's probably worth it because, hey, it's a it's a tiny gamble is what I'm guessing. Right, not Which so tiny. Have you seen him lately? You know, the contract that he got from AG2R was coming from Aqua Saponis. So it was a small contract. And this would have been his big contract, but it's probably a smaller contract. So he still never made yeah. what he probably would have been worth for, you know, winning a race like Perry Nice. Absolutely, but he, I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, since we're talking about Colombians, do you want to talk about Team Colombia, the demise of Team Colombia? And kind of the, 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 the two sides of how a lot of Colombian fans are looking at the situation. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Spanish speaker, you've probably already seen so much coverage about this that it's probably sickening. Maybe as an English speaker, not so much. How do you feel, Mike? Have you seen a whole lot of coverage or just not a whole lot? Mm. I mean, in Spanish press, Colombian press in particular, it's a lot of back and forth. And I think... There was this huge outpouring of information, a lot of the writers speaking um, anonymously about, you know, bad things that happened in the team. Uh, ESPN in Spanish had a, a, an article where I think up to three writers spoke about, you know, the feeling that they had was that there was racism by the Italian uh, staff against Colombian writers that they never were cared for. Uh, one writer said that most of the staff never learned their first names, even, um, and things like that. So, the, the, yeah, I don't know. The story... the same, so, after a, a lot of coverage like that, there has been some coverage now trying to defend the team and everything like that. But 
I think regardless, I mean, I take writer's word for it and certainly what, what I saw, but also I guess um, at the end of the day, even if you want to ignore all of that, you can just see the results, which is that for the amount invested, the team really should have been so much more and the results, the results should have been much better and it just never was. There, there seems to be two, two schools of thought uh, when it comes to this. Uh, some people actually think that uh, Claudio Corti, who ran the team for the Colombian government in Italy, uh, it, it did a really good job and that um, the result didn't come because of different things, including the fact that they didn't have the right. That a, lot, a lot of times the writers were, were blamed. But then if you look at people like Pantano and Chavez and these guys that came out of Team Colombia, obviously the talent was there. The story that I read that blew my mind was that sometimes the, the guys would get sent to a race and nobody would ever address strategy at all. They would just tell them, like, uh, the race starts at 9.30, sign in over there, and the guys would get there and be like, well, so what are we doing? And they would actually come up with strategy at the start line because nobody ever, nobody ever sat down with them in the bus and said, this is what we're doing today or anything like that. So... Uh, Claudio Corti was receiving a humongous paycheck from the Colombian Federation, the Colombian government. And on top of doing, making a lot of money from that, he also went out and got the sponsorship, all the sponsorship for the team. Uh, none of that money went into the team. All that money was kept by the organization, quote-unquote, which was basically Claudio Corti. So basically the guy's a crook, and which is why a lot of people in Colombia are not necessarily sad that the team is over. They're actually kind of glad that this guy is not stealing any more money from the country. No, actually, I'm not going to say stealing. The, the government in Colombia is so dumb. They were giving him money. So it's not like he was stealing it. He was just receiving it. I would, too. They give me, like, millions and millions of dollars. Sure, I'll take them. But um, I personally, I think that it's a good thing that the team is over. It was a disaster. It was a debacle. The way that it was organized, the way that it was run, it was never going to be what we wanted it to be regardless of um any regardless of the um results so i'm glad i i feel terrible of course for the writers i mean the italian staff i could care less they're like i said they're just a bunch of crooks and cycling mafia so i'm sure they'll be fine the the writers i feel bad for a lot of them are going to have to go back to colombia to race in lesser teams and teams with shady pasts um so i feel bad for them but i think that until it's done right then it's it's just better to have no team colombia than to have the joke that this was basically one one thing that's missing is that team colombia ideally would have served as a way for younger colombian riders to be seen in europe team colombia never did a great job of picking great Riders, some of them absolutely were. I still think people like Edwin Avila, Alex Cano, you know, uh, have great. I mean, for that, um, for that matter, um, Chalapud, I think, is yeah, also Chalapud. clearly an amazing rider. But a lot of the other ones just weren't. Uh, you know, my biggest beef with the team is that, for example, they had the chance to sign someone like Gaviria, knew about him, and yet passed. Meanwhile, to have him go up against Mark Cavendish, beat him, what was it, you know, three times in 
and now he's going to have him sign and probably have an offer that Team Colombia couldn't match. I, so, yeah. So, I mean, they have all these talent right under their noses and they just. Right. And they just weren't, you know, and that, because and it wasn't Gabriel was in the, the team that is the same entity that sponsors Team Colombia sponsored this team. They were the, supposed to be the feeder team for Team Colombia. So the fact that that went unnoticed is, is kind of unusual when you consider yeah, how good Gaviria seems it's to laughable. be already. It's laughable um, is what it is. So, so these Italians, these Italians weren't looking. Now it's like races like San Luis. And hopefully again, if Colombian delegations keep going to the Tour de l'Avenir, because without that, you don't get the exposure that's needed for someone to go, holy crap, we have to sign this kid. You know what we need? We need a Colombian Oleg Tinkoff. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Olego Tinkoff. Yeah, Ol- don't even joke about that. Olego Tinkoff. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's sad that the whole thing was as messy as it was. I am very, very glad that a lot of the, that a lot of the cyclists, a lot of the riders are actually speaking up against it. Uh, And to be fair, there's been a couple that have said, you know, uh, some of this is exaggeration. I don't know what these guys are talking about or whatever. So some of them say, you know, it wasn't quite that bad. And if, you know, riders weren't eating good meals, it's because they were too cheap to buy themselves good food and things like that. But overall, it's been pretty negative from the riders. Yeah, yeah, in general. And and depending on which side of the – which – Depending on which website you, or which magazine you read, it's either amazing, this was a great experiment, this is such a so sad that it ended, or we're so glad that this ended, this was a joke, this Colombian cycling has become a circus. And so well, depending on I'm saying if you put all that aside, just say, well, based on the money that was put up on the rise and huge amount of talent in Colombian cycling right now, just look at the results and what the team achieved and just base your opinion on that, how well the team did. Yeah, there you go. And I think the fact that they like completely missed Gaviria and, and people like that is another. Speaks volumes. Um, yeah, I have to say, Gaviria, like, I'm super excited to see him. And, uh, you know, to say that you're excited about a sprinter, as a Colombian cycling fan, is ridiculous, but I'm really curious to see how he does. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's too bad that he's not going to be with Cavendish anymore. Yeah, so maybe now, you know, they'll give him a little train. Maybe Tombonen will be the lead out for him. <laughs> I just think it's funny that if you believe the stories, Cavendish told Ethics, like, you got to sign this guy, and Ethics did, and then Mark Cavendish took off. Well, and I think. Um, they were probably like, holy crap, that kid was really fast. And they probably asked him, like, were you feeling good? Like, were you seriously trying? Like, did he really beat you? Or were you just kind of half-assing it or not feeling good? And he was like, no, I feel pretty good for this time of year. And that was pretty crazy. Like, I think he's the only person that could judge it, you know, really. Yeah, and say, yeah. No, I was going balls out. Like, you guys should go for it. So, so what happens to all these guys on the team? They're without a job. They're the first ones on our on our new website. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot of them are are supposed. I guess over ten of them are talking to to teams. I'm guessing mostly Colombian teams, who I'm sure would be you know happy happy to have them. You know, I mean, they're all 
you know, relatively good to very good. Um, they have a great experience in, in Europe, but are there spots open for them? Really? And, you know, and is it that kind of thing at that level? And I think people in the U.S. go through this, too, where people are like, oh, I have a spot. And then you realize they're racing for free mm. or close to it. So, yeah. I mean, and that's a come down because some of them, if they were, you know, making minimum wage uh, for uh, Pro Continental, that's pretty good earnings if you live in Colombia. And now to come down to like nothing, who knows? It's so late in the year. More importantly, what's Chris Horner doing next year? He's gonna Is win he the, with a job? He's going to win the Welta. Yeah. Can we come up with a website that just says, Is Chris Horner Darth Vader with his helmet off? Yes or no? And every time it just says yes. We don't have to write a new applet. Do you it guys just, have any of these Team Columbia jerseys in your freezer? I have one, but it's not in my freezer. And I have a hat as well. I should I put it in the freezer. You should put it I have in the freezer. long sleeve one. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what do you guys think we go team by team over here and see what kind of moves they've made and we can kind of discuss if we think it's a good a, a step in the right direction overall or not. AG2R, um, the only impressive name that they got was Cyril, Cyril Gauthier from Europe Car. So you know that's pretty bad. <laughs> When that's the best name that uh, that came in, they lost uh, Winnie the Pooh and uh, Rinaldo Nocentini, who basically both of them are guys that could have, would have, and should have done a lot better with their careers. But but you know what? Like a couple years ago, remember how we were like, "Holy crap, AG Two R is a real team." I know. Well, like, no, I when mean, did this happen? I still like, think that they are. Um, but maybe they can make something happen with guys that we don't really know about and so that they're not, you know, a joke like Lamprey was for most of the season for, and for the last two years. I know they had a strong end there in the Vuelta, but... No, no, no. I, I, I may not agree with you on the Lamprey thing, but I think that AG, AG2R... Do you think Lamprey's not a joke? No, I actually don't. I think Lamprey is... A, it, the problem with Lamprey is too much talent, and I don't think that they know what they're doing when it comes to managing it. There's a lot of very, very, very good riders in Lamprey. What? No. <laughs> Dude, first of all, in Lamprey, they have a friggin' Pipo Pozzato. <laughs> Let's just start right there. Case closed. Case closed. Okay. No? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you forgot about that? Is he, does he have a job next year? I, I heard he was going to Southeast. Uh, that just, sounds about right. Oh, That's just, okay. Which is criminal because if you've seen the kit, it's gray. Yeah, yeah. So, he can't. He can't do it as his as his advisor, as his personal confidant. I would. I was about to say, yeah, as his conciliary. What do you What do you recommend? No, stay in Lamprey. Either that, or we call up Southeast, uh, which is a metals manufacturing yes. company in China, and convince them that their logo needs to be neon yellow. yellow. <laughs> But wait, is it like, is it true? I don't know if it's true. In cartoons, they have it this way, that elephants go to the same place to die. Maybe that's a myth. And I think sprinters know, like instinctively, they just go to Southeast. Like they're just like, yep, this is where I go. All Italian writers end up in Southeast. Yeah. That, that old saying. Too soon. Too soon. And Too by soon. the way, teams like that, I so badly want them to do well. Like I found teams like Aqua Sapone, uh, 
of course, we always talk about Cervelo. Teams like that that are like smaller teams that miraculously or you know have great contracts with people and do amazing things. Like there is nothing cooler than that. Like what? What's his name? Uh, crap. Uh, the little climber that's now at AG2R who does the little hand gesture with. Oh, Pozzo Vivo. Pozzo Vivo when he was in whatever. Bardiani. Bardiani, like that was amazing. Yeah. I I think he's amazing in AG2R, but yeah, and I think. But you I, want those teams to do well. Uh, not all of them, but yeah, in general, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not all of them. Eh, depends on the team. Like, like Carrural. Oh no, Carrural! I would love for them to do well. It's just yeah, they're exciting. I don't know. Southeast just seems. Just so, like I, I don't want them to do well. I don't care. Um, Astana Pro Team got Gatis Mukulis and Eros Kapeki from from Movistar, right? Which are like two solid riders. That's good. But they lost Rain Taramai. Well, Rain Taramai the last two years hasn't done anything. But they lost Mikel Landa to go to Sky and one of my favorite riders. Big huge smile that big toothy grin of his. Landa was just, I'm sure his agent was having a field day. Oh, Just please, catching in and taking calls. Like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I am sure. I mean, he had a great season. And I, I love him. I love the way that he races. So he's out of Astana and Borut Bosic as well, who's going to um, to Coffee. So, of course, we know Landa is going to Sky. Um, Astana is going to remain a very strong team. They're still going to have your Fabio Aruz, of course, and Luis Leon Sanchez and all those guys. So it, it, it'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be, they'll be fine. They're not going to be hurting. Mikel I was just Scarponi. remembering, how the hell did Astana not win the Giro? Like, that was maniacal. <laughs> All I remember about the Giro is like, oh, I don't know who won. I just remember Astana. <laughs> it was like the Harlem Globetrotters playing against, like, middle school. They had, like, 17 guys on the team. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. How the hell? I'm like, they sent the entire team to the race? I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, 34 guys. <laughs> That's the old, how can you explain that in the biggest climb? There's, like, 10 people. Clearly, there was 20 to no, begin with. No, guys, you're exaggerating. There was always only eight guys riding in the peloton. The thing, though, is that it would be eight different riders. They'd had them at every feed zone. They would the guys that were riding would get off, and then the new guys would come in. That's what it's, that's what they were doing. Seriously, Harlem Globetrotter stuff. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I don't think they're gonna be hurting this year. I think they're gonna go continue to be that strong a team. BMC, uh, nothing really much other than the Richie Port thing, which was announced. A while ago, I think that that gives them a clear leader, which is something that BMC Racing has obviously lacked in the last couple of years. So good for them. But that's still, I would say that's one of the better deals they've made in regards to like a big name rider. I hope they didn't give them a super long contract, which is a problem that they always have made. But also Richie Port is a great leader, but is he a clear winner for a Grand Tour? I would say it's actually the other way around. I think he's a potential clear winner. I don't think how good of a leader he is. We'll we'll have to wait and see. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy, and this is from my, you know, ignorance sitting on the couch and scratching my nuts while I watch cycling, but he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that kind of like gets the troops going and the kind of guy that 
other writers respect and want to write for. We'll see, though. I mean, I'll, I'll... Well, let me ask you guys. You have unlimited funds, and both writers are there for you to sign. Do you sign Landa or Richie Port? Oh, Mikel Landa, of course. Mike? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, right? Down, that's that's I, always like, hear, I, always hear that, I always hear that Port has all this unrealized potential that's just been squashed by the Team Sky... Uh, Skyborgs. Maybe. But I don't know. But I don't know how true that is. I, I agree with you. He doesn't come across as like the the uh, patron of the Peloton. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be like that kind of dude. So, I mean, who knows? He's no Lance Armstrong. <laughs> no, he's not. Thank God. Who could be, Mike? Who could be? <laughs> Um, ethics quick step we were just talking about Fernando Gaviria and the other Colombian uh, sprinter Rodrigo Contreras being um, signed by them hey Mike can you can you pronounce the names of Gaviria and Contreras see can you (laughs) what Gaviria 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 and Contreras Contreras That's pretty good. I, that is really good, but I have a feeling, like, Mary, like, I mean, English-speaking commentators. They're just going to say Gaviria. Oh, which is, yeah, I'll, I'll take Gaviria. That's but I think Contreras, I cannot wait to hear what Dushi McDillyweed in Eurosport is going to call him. <laughs> Rodrigo Contreras. Contrero. Contreras. 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 Like, he always thinks that Spanish is French, so he'll probably say Contreras. Contreras. You guys need to watch more baseball. Uh, I watch yeah. baseball. No, these guys, the announcers. Oh, the announcers. The, like, the announcers need to watch more oh, baseball. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say. I've been watching some baseball. Uh, my hatred for the Mets keeps me going watching Mets. baseball. What's I wrong with the Mets? <sighs> They're stupid. The I just don't like the them. Amazons. No, no, no. The Metropolitans. Anyway, uh, Ethics Quick Step also signed Dan Martins, which I, I mean, Dan Martin, because which I think is a very interesting move because Dan Martin was on it. No, oh, Dan Martin was in Cannondale. Garmin Barracuda okay. Chipotle. Uh, they're like the rings of a tree. You have to use read the ring. It'd be cooler if the Barracuda is that Barracuda t- uh, sponsor still around? No, no. It'd be cooler if it was the jacket. You remember the Barracuda jacket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be cooler if it was the song by heart. What Ooh. if the song from Heart sponsored? That's, That's what I'm saying. Because actually... Kenindale Carmen present, presented by... I think there was an interview with Sir Mix-a-Lot and the person interviewing him seemed to kind of be giving him crap like, haha, you're like a one-hit wonder or whatever. And he was like, he said that that song has generated something ridiculous like $20 million in the last like 10 years or something. Probably more. What's I mean, I, uh, I'm sorry. Sir Mix-a-Lot like, did not write Barracuda. I, <laughs> I guess I didn't even say like, what song but you know i like big buds and i cannot i I think a song could potentially be big enough that it would take one or two people to manage the earnings behind it so it's possible that it could be run as a company of course so i think hearts barracuda could probably buy southeast i'm gonna tell you something dude i'm gonna get chubby checker on the phone over here in a second and let you know exactly how much money he made from the twist 
Actually, and continues to, to, to make. The twist, you know, movie star, there's movie star in Europe, and then there's movie star South America. The twist could have its own team in Europe, and let's twist again like we did last summer, could have a team in the U.S., and it would be <laughs> good at United Healthcare. That is a very convoluted reference, but that is funny. And you know who could have a team in Colombia? The Fat Boys version of The Twist. Which featuring Chubby Checker. Yes. Absolutely. Song, it's the song that keeps on giving. It's like the gonorrhea of... It's the gonorrhea of music. Yeah. Okay, listen now. That's actually not gonorrhea, but herpes. Herpes, herpes. Please, get your... Fix it in post. Get your STDs straight. Yeah. No, I was so talking Dan about... Martin, or Dan Martin and Tony Martin are finally on the same team. <laughs> oh yeah. That's yes. why I was confused. <laughs> like wait a second. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I think Dan Martin is an interesting uh signing. I think maybe they're trying to replace Udan. But yeah. didn't Dan Martin realize that it wasn't really working very well for Rigoberto Duran because Ethics Quick, Quick Step signed Marcel Kittel to be able to replace Mark Cavendish. So it, it just seems... Actually, Dan Martin and Rigoberto Uran are similar kind of writers. That's what I mean. I mean, overall, yeah, but it didn't work for Uran there because Ethics Quick Step is not the kind of team that uh, puts uh, grand tours uh, in, in, in... You know, they don't. they don't really... I'm not going to say they don't care about them, but they're not built for that. They're, they're a team that, I mean, by tradition, are built for the for the spring classics and yeah. smaller races. So maybe Dan Martin's kind of given up on the idea of, of, of Grand Tours, which is I will very say possible. This. I don't know. Every writer that thinks they're a Grand Tour writer, I go, no, 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 no. And then I remember Ryder Hejadal. If Ryder yeah. Hejadal can wear it, win a Giro... Of course, Rigoberto Ran can win it. Yeah, and no, of absolutely. course, Dan Martin can win it. But all the other years, and if it doesn't happen, you're going to be like Tor Hushoff, who thought he could win Perry Roubaix. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. I would be willing to put money that it is more likely that Ryder Heschel wins another Grand Tour than no. Dan Martin wins one. What? Yeah. Well, I do think. I think I mean, he's a better all arounder. Rigoberto Uran is clearly a much better Grand Tour rider based on his two big Giros than Dan Martin is at a Grand Tour. And he's had bad luck, I understand. But. Yeah. No, I, I think that I, I, don't, I just don't see Dan Martin winning a Grand Tour. I, I think that Ryder Hedgedal has a bigger chance of winning his second one. That's all. Mark my words, right. people. And, and really, neither one will happen because there's no way an Arth Ryder, rider is going to win a Grand Tour. Yeah, not another one yet. And I think he would agree. I can tell you this, though, man. Uh, Sky got kind of sort of raped uh, out of some, like, they got attacked and destroyed a little bit. I mean, Kiatowski, Mark Renshaw, who uh, he wasn't really being utilized, but whatever. Mark Cavendish and Rigoberto Dan are out. That's that's a big chunk. Yet, yeah, they, have, they have Alaphilippe. Still, Steve R. Still, Sky. I was like, "What?" I Tom guess. Bonin, uh, Van Kiersburg, and you know that whole, and then now these new Colombian kids coming in, and Dan Martin and Marcel Kittel and uh, Richese from Lamprey. 
it's interesting that a team can afford to lose such big names and still be like, yeah, we'll be fine. Incredible. It's true. They Incredible. just need to protect Chris Froome. What? You're talking about Sky. Earlier. I was talking about ethics. I know, but you said Sky. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant Mike was I going ethics. with it. I was, yeah, okay. that was. But I mean, if you so, want to talk about Sky now, it, it is pretty crazy. These guys are also like signing everything in sight without even. It doesn't seem like they're thinking about it. They're like Katowski, yeah, 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 sign him up. Uh, this guy, yeah, yeah, just get him in there. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, let's give him a. You know what Sky is like. What? At least from what I understand in movies, when the parents go out and they leave the babysitter like 20 bucks for pizza, instead they left a credit card. <laughs> the kids are ordering breadsticks, the stuffed yeah. crust. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But you know who else is pretty ridiculous is that uh, – what's the name of that team now? Uh, unfortunately, Mountain Chewbacca is, is no more and now they're called uh, Dimension Cinema or something <laughs> Yeah. Three dimensions in data. IMAX. <laughs> it's Cinemax or some shit. Yeah, Magic Cinemas, owned by Magic Johnson. Yeah. What are their kids going to look like? Dimension Data. Well, their, their uh, Dimension Data's colors are a green, kind of like, remember the Belkin kits? Yep. That's kind of what I'm envisioning, just based on the fact that Dimension Data's corporate colors are green, white, and black. So Here's the other question. Maybe. What bikes are they riding? Um, maybe they're staying on Cervelo. Yeah, maybe yeah. they may stay on Cervelo. I mean, it's it's it's. Does Mark Cavendish know that? <laughs> oh well, actually, Mark Cavendish may be bringing Specialized with him then. <laughs> yeah, you brought right. everything else, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be chock full of sprinters, man. It's a BYOB team. Bring your own bike. Oh, you know who sponsor. wins? You know who wins out in this deal? Uh, specialized Trek. No. <laughs> I don't know who. Africa. John, John Dagan Kolb. Why? <laughs> no, I'm oh. talking about, No, because no. Cattell went to. Where did Cattell Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're yeah, right, no. actually. You're absolutely right. Didn't think about that, but. Um, the ripple effect. Yeah, the trickle, like six degrees of separation. Well. Yes. N- now he's the absolute 100% leader. Right. Huh. Yeah, actually, in a way, he kind of does. And he's the only one doing anything in that team. <laughs> no, the other guys have breakfast and things like that. They make him breakfast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, come on. Okay, I, I have the list of the people that Data Dimensions or Dimension Data or whatever uh, oh. signed. So Cavendish, Renshaw, Bernard Isol, Nathan Haas. Omar Fraile, oh, from Caja Rural, nice, I didn't even know. Cam Meyer and Konstantin Sitsu. I just thought of something. What? I've always said that my favorite kind of racing is a spring classics. My favorite type of rider is a Colombian climber. Not always, there's exceptions. So if there's ever a Colombian that races in the spring classics, they are, by default, the best rider in history. Like okay. that does well, and that would be Giovanni Jimenez, the first Colombian that ever turned professional in the early, in the sixties. What if one of these two kids from Ethics, they're in the perfect team if they have anything for the Spring Classics? Not that they could do like Roubaix or anything, because they're so little, they would be like bouncing off the bike. But My they're God. the perfect team as sprinters too. But they would have to. I mean, imagine the people that are in front of them in line to get to a I team know, but they for Paris Roubaix. I mean, if ever they're gonna learn. 
No, you're this right. This is yeah, the team. Right. I know, but you would have thought the same thing of, well, hmm, I don't know. Okay, sure. I don't know. I mean, it's not, not Perry Roubaix, but, like, what if a Colombian win, wins, like, E3? That would be awesome. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, it Cannondale, uh, they actually signed almost nobody of substance except for, except for Ulan. Pierre Roland, I mean, eh, I don't know. I've never been sold on that guy. Matty Breschel, who is absolutely solid. But is not the kind of writer that if I were Rigoberto Dan, I'd be like, yeah, Simon Clark, uh, Phil Guyman, uh. and they lost Ted King, of course, Dan Martin, like we said, uh, Ryder Heschedal, who's gonna win a Grand Tour soon. He went to wait, Trek. where is he going? Trek. Um, yeah. Okay. Will he be riding a Trek? Um. Yes. Probably. He's not bringing Cannondale. Right. No, he's not bringing his Cannondale, no. Man, poor Ryder Hedgedal, he can't bring anything. He can't even bring a, like a Band-Aid sponsor. No, he'll bring a Pac sunglass. The Pac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I don't know, some Canadian reference. What can we say? He'll bring the Can- Journey records. Canadian, Canadian bacon. Maple syrup yeah. candy. Canadian bacon, the John Candy movie. He's going to bring a DVD of it for the yes, bus. exactly. Uh, dude, Team Giant Alpecin is in even worse. Lawrence Tendam, another guy, a lot of promise. And I I mean, other than maybe when was it that Lawrence Tendam was like all that, maybe three years ago, four years ago? Solid writer, no doubt. But mm, mm. by the way, I'm sorry, before, before we, we start fully on that team, Garmin, they have not been doing well. No, they didn't sign anything, anyone really great, aside from I think Gregor Thorne is very good. But then when you say who left, the Dan Martin Uran thing is kind of a wash. So they're going to have to do something. It's not kind of a wash. I think I think Uran is a way better writer than Dan Martin. But yeah, yeah. But you know, it's kind of like well, it's not like they got Chris Froome or something. So it's kind of like well, they they're going to have to do something amazing with more or less the same resources. Yeah. Uh, Cohen the Court is uh, is still in Giant Alpacin, which is a good thing. I like that dude. Um, team Katusha, which is of course Mike's favorite team, everybody knows that, is getting uh, Morkov from Tink of Saxo, Rain Taramai from Astana, uh, Jurgen Vanderbroek. God, we've there are a lot of names that should have. That were supposed to do a lot in Grand Tours and didn't. And that's pretty much it. Oh, no. Uh, that guy, Jonathan Restrepo, the, the Colombian kid as well. Team Katusha. Um, I think that Katusha has been, I hate this expression, but punching way above their weight for five years. And most of it is because of Joaquin Rodriguez. But uh, it, it's a solid team. I don't think that... And Kristoff, but I mean, that's well, yeah, no, that. Again, I mean, for I didn't, the money that team has, they're kind of a BMC. A, a, much better. I think they have a lot more wins. A lot more wins than BMC. Whatever happened with What's-His-Face testing positive for Coke during the tour, like... Who? That just kind of went away, right? Paulini. Paulini. Oh, yeah. Because awesome. everyone was like, no, that sounds awesome. You can do that. Yeah, exactly. They decided. 
I think the writers that do coke recreationally should be allowed to. Well, actually, Luca Paolini should also be in the in the website of what are they doing now or where are they now rather because I mean is Luca Paolini doing coke? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, he's been let go from Team Katusha. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, I don't know. I've had him in my list of outs in Katusha for a while. You know like, his best friend, who's now writing for another team, is going to be getting him a job. Yeah, and some great He's southeast team. bound. Southeast. <laughs> southeast and down. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be a fantastic series. I would, with I would him. watch the shit out of that. I would watch that show. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um... Team Sky, again, they, they're the ones that actually just went cuckoo bananas. Danny Van Poppel, who is a very good prospect. He's, that kid is definitely going places on a bicycle. Oh, Mikel Golas, uh, Mikel Landa, like we said. Benyarin Chausti, who is an amazing, amazing rider. And I hope that he doesn't get completely drowned out in in the sky, uh, I don't know, pool of talent. Or uh, Mihal Kwiatkowski, of course. So a lot of, every every name there is just ridiculous. Team Sky, the Manchester United of cycling. And that's why I hate them too. Um, Manchester United or like what, like Barcelona or something? I like, like, no, I hate... I don't want to talk football, but yeah, I hate Manchester United. Um, Does that make Southeast like the Columbus Crew? <laughs> yes. If the if the Columbus Crew had just signed a cokehead, yes. Mike, I'll make a reference so that you'll understand. I don't understand. Just replace it with the Toledo Mudhens. <laughs> there you go. The Yankees to the Toledo Mudhens. That's can that's. You, can. Can I just bring up one thing? I, I happen to navigate over yeah. to the UCI World Rankings page. Mm-hmm. Valverde, number one. Yeah. Yeah, he with won 600 it. And, with 675 points. Who is second in how many points? Joaquin behind? Rodriguez, second, mm. 474 points. <laughs> Guys, Valverde even, won cycling this year. Not even close. Luca Paolini has a big fat asterisk next to his name for the cocaine. Oh really? Well, it took point take points away for that. But he did come in fifty fourth. Um, I don't know. There's no asterisk. There's nothing to tell me what this asterisk. Oh, this is like I guess because it's, it's like also the, next to Tom Danielson's name. It's like the fifty one with the asterisk for uh, what's his face? Uh, yeah, Roger Maris. Okay. Oh, guys, we've been talking about cycling nonstop for like an hour. Jesus. And we haven't even talked about the, the Tour de France route, which is fine. I mean, I don't think we necessarily have to. No, Klaus already cleared it up. It's starting in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> finishing in UAE. Yes, and then we're done. All right, cool. Um, actually, uh, Abu Dhabi is in the UAE. I knew that. There you go. <laughs> um, now, real quick, the everybody seems to be praising it as like... You know, you can read the little snippets and they're like, oh, great for climbers, great for climbers. Contador says great for climbers. Quintana says great for climbers. And I was like, yeah, right. Let me win. Dude, there is no prologue. There's no cobbles. <laughs> There's no team time trial. Yeah, it's pretty much 
<laughs> it's going to be a climbers. It's the mountains front. and then they fly back to Paris and do a couple loops. Exactly. Exactly. They actually go over Ventoux and then they head to Paris. Um, yeah, the Tourmalet and uh, Mont Ventoux are both in it. But uh, the Tourmalet is uh, very early in stage eight. Uh, very early in this stage. I mean, uh, that's July 9th. And then Ventoux will be stage 12, which is July 14th, which, of course, is Bastille Day. Um, but, yeah, it kind of looks like it's going to be a, a climber's delight. And then, I don't know if you heard also that Universal, this is for the American listeners, uh, Universal Sports is closing down. What? What? Yeah, it's going out of business. Well, NBC, you know, whatever, is a parent company, and they're, they're like, basically shutting down the channel. Wait, new website. Does GoGo have a job? <laughs> Does GoGo? <laughs> Where's GoGo going to GoGo? Wake me up before he go goes. He's gonna go go to the unemployment line. <laughs> My God, go go! Wake me up. Good thing we, we, we didn't finalize that Universal Sports sponsorship deal. For the <laughs> no, oof, we dodged the bullet. Yeah, that's it's interesting. So I mean, it's funny because NBC was using it, using that channel and a couple of other other smaller channels. To broadcast a lot of like the lesser watched sports during the Olympics, and we're basically in an Olympics year in a couple of months. Um, so I wonder if they're just getting rid of the channel completely, or are they like rebranding it and they're still going to have cycling, or what the situation is? Interesting though, but, um, but yeah, bye bye, go go. <sighs> so sad. Todd, Todd Gogolski. Look him up if you're in England. He's. He's awesome. He's a quality broadcaster. He's a, he's a quality broadcaster. Absolutely. And without a doubt. Um, guys, I think we've said it all. We've said too much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that we necessarily ended up going team by team. But I think we got the, the gist of the stuff of what's going on. I think that, honestly, the winner when it came to the off season, as usual, it's probably Team Sky. And it's going to be, there's a couple of really interesting things to look at, which we talked about all of them. I think that Carlos Betancourt and how that whole thing is going to work out is interesting. Richie Port, obviously, how that whole thing works out in that team. I think Fernando Gaviria and Rodrigo Contreras in Ethics Quick Step. Along with uh, Dan Martin and Marcel Kittel, that's all going to be very, very interesting. Everybody, you know, I mean, you know, we're all going to be. Oh, the other thing that I that I meant to say, too, was the other person was Louis Mentius going to Lamprey. Yeah. Uh, it's good that he got out of the hell out of that Mount Chewbacca because apparently they're never going to go up a mountain again. It's all sprinters all the time. Um they should change it to Sprinter Chewbacca. Sprinter Chewbacca. But it's not even called Chewbacca anymore. Whatever. No, it is. It's actually it's called uh, Dimension Data Writing for Chewbacca. Is Chewbacca in the new Star Wars movie? Yes. Why do you Why do you ask these questions that are so dumb? Everybody knows the answer to. You've seen him in the trailer. I when, watched the trailer yesterday. Did it come out yesterday? Well, whenever we're Han Solo. Han Solo goes. Chewie, I watched the we're trailer. Home. I had no idea who anybody in that trailer was. 
because the actual actors are all I please don't get me started. I heard to is Mark Hamill Yoda. <laughs> no, he's Yoda's father. Well, no, Mike, I mean, I'm with you. I only recognize the two people, but of course, like, I don't know who those actors are. I saw Princess Leia and Han Solo. You, I film. didn't even see Princess Leia. I saw Han Solo. The dude's like 90 years old. <laughs> the dude. Oh, I also saw a, a robot that looked like a giant soccer ball. <laughs> His name that's is BB-8, and you will show some respect. <laughs> Mike, that's the soccer ball my brother was super excited about, like two podcasts ago. Oh, right. We've already talked about this. I still don't understand what's going on. I watched the trailer. I'm like, what am I looking at? Nothing. You don't know. what The trailer is not going to tell you the story. It's supposed to get you excited. They're just tickling your ass with a feather. No. How can I be excited if I have no concept of what I'm looking at? Mike, you know what you're looking at, Mike. You're looking at a, a, a galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. That's what you're looking at. That's all that matters. I think I've lost... I think I've lost the concept of what order these movies are supposed to be in because I don't know where. Okay, do you remember the Ewoks? Nope. The Ewoks, the little. I do, I do remember the Ewoks. Okay. The Muppets. Yeah. So after they 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 blow up the second Death Star, they're in two Death Stars. They're in yeah. Well, whatever. They blow up a Death Star. And Is this it, Team Sky? What and it explodes, about? right? And then they have a little party, remember? The, the Ewoks are having a party yeah. in Endor, and they're, like, dancing around. This movie starts the day after that party. There you go. Now you know. Are you serious? Yeah. It's basically exactly what happens well, right after. I saw that after. movie when I was, like, 11. <laughs> Not the it, day after. How did they say? Was Han Solo, like, did he age 800 yeah, years understand. in one You night? have no idea how this Han Solo thing is going to tie into the situation. Dude, it starts right after, party. all right? All right. <laughs> he, Fuck. Not the next day. Fine. Okay, fine. Not the next day. Ugh. Jesus right Christ. Right to, to this keep is it number on the, seven, Mike. They did... They did uh, four, five. Four, five, and six, then one, two, and three, and now seven, which is a completely logical way of doing things. <laughs> Get Listen, George Lucas on the phone. To keep the nerd theme going, happy Back to the Future Day to both of you guys. Oh, thanks. Hell yeah. Did you see someone made a cycling kit, like a jersey, based yes. on the hoverboard? On the hoverboard? Absolutely brilliant. That's on WTF Kits. Check stuff. it out. Absolutely good stuff. It's also, isn't it funny that that day, which is today, Marty McFly gets out of his DeLorean, whatever, and then the Cubs won the World Series? What? Didn't you see that? Yeah, in Back oh, to the Future, the Cubs win the World Series when he gets there, and he's like, "What? The war? The Cubs win the World oh, Series?" Mm-hmm. Cubs aren't even going to make the World. Oh, speaking uh, of what? Well, actually, unfortunately, they're not because the Mets are cheating them out of it. Um, <laughs> to keep with the baseball theme, to any of you in the United States, or if you're outside the United States and you care about baseball. Look for a, a video that someone taped with their phone of Bartolo Colon, the p- pitcher for the um, Mets, like going into the dugout. Well, or I guess into like he's in the inside of the stadium and he like slips and falls face first. <laughs> and Bartolo Colon has the physique of like a not so slender Babe Ruth. <laughs> Like on a bad day, a so Babe Ruth, a, a meatball in cleats, like fall down. It's amazing. A Babe Ruth that isn't slim. 
Yeah, which is, you know. A meatball, a meatball in cleats. I'm telling you. It's good stuff. And with that, we say goodbye. We're out of here. Peace. You used to call me on my. You used to, you used to. Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. And I know when that hotline blink. That can only mean one thing. I know when that hotline blink. That can only mean one thing. Ever since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now.